Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I'm excited to share this message with you today. I pray the Lord ministers to you as you listen. Hi. So good to see you and the online audience. It's so good to not see you, but know that you're there with us. Can't see you on the screen is what I mean, but thanks for joining us too. Well, um, I, I really feel like I'm carrying this whole word about um, being unleashed in disruption, and I want to kind of do part two of that. I'm going to pray right now. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for all of these wonderful believers and for those who are with us that don't yet believe. We just thank you that they're with us, and we pray, God, that you would touch them deeply today. And we pray that you'd open our hearts our minds and our spirits to what you are doing in us and among us. Amen. I, um, I want to talk about having faith in God. And in the first service when we were worshiping, I had this picture that we were uh, standing, I was standing against this uh, wall, this block wall. And uh, I heard the Lord say, go through the wall. I was like, go through the wall. And I, and I got to the wall, it turned to liquid and I passed through it into another dimension. And I began to realize that faith is taking us into another dimension, an alternative reality. And that we're going, through, we're going from faith to faith to faith to faith and glory to glory. So like we're, it's not just one wall, like we're passing through every wall we pass through, we go deeper into faith, deeper into faith and deeper into faith. And I, I believe God's calling us to increase the, 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 the size of our faith and, our, and the obedience of faith. And I wanted just to start out by just giving you a little overview of some things that I find concerning in myself and, and in, uh, in believers across the world. I believe that um, we, you know, we are called believers because we are commissioned to live by faith. We're saved by faith. We got into the kingdom by faith, but we also have to follow by faith. And I think the greatest side effect of the season that we just passed out of the covid season and all the things that we had too with our matriarch and, and just there's just been a lot of things happening. I think that the greatest uh, side effect of the COVID season isn't the loss of smell or the lingering, lingering fatigue that some have experienced, nor is it the continued decline in the economy that has virtually paralyzed for two years while our government paid people to do nothing. I think the greatest side effect of the COVID season is that many people in fellowships got washed up on the shore of disillusion and faithlessness. They stopped following the way and instead started following their own way. Consequently, churches that were once full of faithful followers are too commonly reduced now to a remnant of passionate people. Far too many have exchanged the sacrifice of fellowship for the comfort of a a riskless existence rooted in convenience and lethargic lifestyles. The fire of faith has gone out in the eyes of them quenched by the waters of distrust, bitterness, and a critical spirit. And um, I say that as a, a warning for all of us that there is, it's easy for us to be in this place and not know it. And in 1 Timothy 1.18, I want to read you this. This I command, Paul writes, and trust you, Timothy, that in accordance with the prophecies previously spoken over you, that by them you would fight the good fight, keeping the faith, everybody say keeping the faith, and a good conscience which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. 
He goes on in the, in the same letter to write this in 1 Timothy 4, but the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. And I, I wanna point out that something that I, I kind of see differently now. I've I noticed that Paul is talking to Timothy about people falling away from faith, not necessarily falling away from going to church. And, and those two of those maybe should be synonymous, but I'd like to suggest that there are, that be, and because of Paul's teachings also, that there are people that have a form of godliness, but they've actually denied its power. And I believe that God's calling us, each of us, and if this doesn't pertain to you, then you can just say, I'm glad Chris isn't preaching to me today, but I think he's calling us back to radical faith. And Paul goes on to say that in 1 Timothy 6, 12, so in the same letter, he writes this, fight the good fight of faith. So I'd like to propose that faith is actually a fight, that we actually have to fight for faith, that it's a life of faith, that we walk in faith, and that we actually don't lose sight of the call of God on our lives. That we don't get reduced to a COVID season where we begin to be disillusioned, angry with maybe our church, our leaders, our governmental leaders, and we end up in bitterness, and, and we end up in, in, in bitterness not realizing that our, our season that, that we're, we're still in, we're still hating, is because we've grumbled and we've not actually lived by faith. And so I, I wanna uh, suggest that there is, you know, uh, Romans chapter one, verse 17 says, and the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. And I, I feel in my own life that there, is, that there is a repentance necessary. I've been being very open and, and transparent with you. I feel like that's the only way forward for me. And, and I, I feel like the Lord, as I shared with you a few weeks ago, that the Lord says that you've been domesticated, talking to me, you've been domesticated, you are a lion that needs to get off the leash and begin to operate by faith. And you need, and, and you need to do the deeds you did at first. In Revelation, Jesus is talking to the church of Ephesus, which was one of the most fantastic churches in the New Testament, probably my, one of my very favorite books in the New Testament, the church of uh, the, the letter to the church at Ephesus. And Paul writes to them and says, I, I, I love what you guys are doing here, but you've left your first love. And here's how I want you to reconcile. I want you to go back and do the deeds that you did at first. Now listen, listen, where I'm at, I'm talking my own life right now. I, I, I don't wanna just do the deeds I did at first. I wanna go higher and further. <laughs> I want to go from faith to faith and glory to glory. I want to grow, grow, grow. I'm going to be like Enoch. I'm going to like... No funeral. That's where I'm going. But, but before I get there, I got to at least do what I used to do. And so I, I've been feeling this conviction and I, I, this repeated message to me personally. I want you to do the deeds you did it first. I do the deeds I did it first. So I started thinking about that. Like, what are the deeds that I did at first? And I was thinking about uh, when we owned the, um, the uh, auto parts store, I mean, the auto repair shops, and we owned a service station, and the Lord gave us the service station out of five prophecies we got in one week, including what business that would be given to us. And that's a longer story. But uh, I didn't want to be in business. And I told the Lord, like, I don't want to be in business. I want to be in the ministry. And he's like, you're in the ministry. Like, no, I want to be in the ministry like Bill. Like, Bill's in the ministry. I'm here in business. And the Lord's like, you're in the ministry. And we did 
we were in that specific business for nine years. And listen, we never made money. And one of the prophetic words over our life given to us by an African-American prophet, his name was Danny. He said, God, this is in that one week. He said, God says, if you open a business, he's gonna bless you. So I was repeating to God, like, you know, our house was foreclosed on twice. Our parents bought out of foreclosure twice. Our cars were repossessed once. And I've said to the Lord in the middle of that, like you said, if I open a business, you'd bless me. He said, you thought I was building a business. I'm building a man. I'm like, all right, when are we building a business? You know? <laughs> so I think it was like the third year that we were in business. We owned the service station and two other uh, repair shops. And, and I was praying one morning and the Lord said, I want you to open an auto parts store. Auto parts store, that sounds great, Lord. All we need is money. We just need money. So I said, Lord, Lord, we need some money. He said, you don't need money. You just need to trust me. And I'm like, okay, I'm trusting you for money. He's like, no, I said, you don't need money. You just need to trust me. I'm like, okay, Lord, this is ridiculous. And, uh, and so I said, how are we gonna do this? The Lord says, you're gonna hire two people to be parts people before you even have parts or a store. I said, okay, who are they? He said, well, what I want you to do is I want you to get uniforms. I'm gonna give you the size of the uniforms and then you're gonna get the, my the uniforms and then you're gonna do, a, you're, gonna, you're going to open up a job for people and you're gonna hire the two people that fit in the uniforms. I'm like, have the three of you discussed this? Like, this is a really dumb plan. So, you know, you can imagine my conversation with the uniform guy. Like, what names do you put on the uniforms? Uh, I don't know yet. <laughs> so I ordered uniforms, we bought uniforms, four sets of uniforms for two guys. And the Lord's like, all right, now like hire two parts people. And so I, we did interviews and I hired the two people. I said, what if they suck? You know, what if they're not good at parts? Just hire the people that fit in the uniforms. So we did that. So, all right, I got two parts people, got beautiful uniforms, just don't have any parts or store. So the Lord said, all right, I want you to go get a building. I'm like, all right, now's when I need the money. The Lord's like, no, no, you don't need money. You just need to trust me. I'm like, okay, okay. So I went and got this building. I found this building downtown. It was like this, like the third of the size of the stage. It was really a, just like, it was like a, you know, it was like an outhouse, you know. <laughs> and the, and I, I was making a deal with this guy. It was like 200 bucks a month. And, and I, I sat down and made this deal. And I, was, I went back to Parsons House and the Lord, I'm back to the, the, the shop. And on the way back, the Lord's like, that's not a parts house. That doesn't represent me well. I'm not gonna let you do that. Okay, Lord, well, then I need some money. He's like, no, you just need to trust me. So I was looking and there was this beautiful building and it was owned by a man that we knew. We weren't like close friends or anything, but we knew him. He's one of the fathers of the city, not a Christian. So I'm like, and the Lord's like, go, go tell him that you, you need this building and that you don't have any money. Oh gosh, this is gonna be hard, Lord. Like, I know this guy too well. So I, I sit down with him for lunch and, we, and I lay out the plan. And I told him I have two parts guys. And you know, he probably thinks, well, he's got parts guys. So he's really got some momentum, but he actually don't. So and, you know, I tell him all about me. He'd been in a few times to work on his car. So he knew who we were. And I, I, like this whole lunch goes by like almost an hour. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at inspiring people. And then, I, and then he's like, okay. So I get to the last, right before we, we get up to, to make a deal, we get up from the table. I said, only one problem is I have no money. He looks at me like, you what? I said, I don't have any money. 
So what I need you to do is give me the building for free. And then after a year, I'll start paying rent. And he looks at me and he goes, you are unbelievable. I'm like, I know. He's like, I don't even know why I'm doing this, but okay, you can have the building. So I got the building. Get the building. So I, I, the next, you know, so the next morning, like this is all, this all takes like a month, right? So I'm in a month into this and I'm like, okay, Lord, now we need parts. Like you can't have a dairy with no cows. I need parts. So he's, you know, so I do a little research and I find out that in Reading, there's a big warehouse that where most of the people, most auto parts stores buy their parts. So I find out the, the owner's name and, and, I, and I call and I get an appointment with him. And, and so I get down there and the Lord says, um, when you go down to the warehouse, I want you to bring your father-in-law's watch he gave you. Wow. It's a gold watch. I said, what am I gonna do with it? He said, you'll, know, you'll learn when I get there. I'm like, oh, this is getting worse. <laughs> so I get down there and I uh, sit down with this, this, these guys and it's the manager and the owner of this big warehouse. And I tell them all about what I'm doing and that I got this beautiful building and a picture of it and, and I got two parts guys and I got three three repair shops and I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I am pretty good at inspiring people. And so he, and he's definitely not a believer. He's using the F word like every fourth sentence. And, and, and so and I get this place and he's like, okay, well, yeah, we can supply you. We, we'd love to have a new customer. And I'm like, oh, that's really good. And, and I'm now, now we're getting close to the end of the meeting. And I'm like, okay. So, so then I, I say to him, well, that's, that, he says, okay, well, you need about $100,000 worth of parts. I'm like, that's good. And he said, I said, the only thing is I have no money. I just don't, you know, the only thing I don't have is money. And he stands up from the table and he goes, what the F, what the? And it just starts speaking Egyptian. And I pull out my watch and I go, but I got a gold watch. And he goes, what the F am I going to do with a gold watch? I said, well, it's a family heirloom and, you know, I would never want to lose it and you know, it's worth, I don't know, several thousand dollars. And, and, uh, and he said, what? And I said, well, it's collateral and you could keep it till I pay you off. And he said, well, what's it worth? I said, I don't know, 10,000. He goes, you want $100,000 of the parts and you give me a gold watch for $10,000. Get out of here. And he said, well, this conversation's over. Like, okay. <laughs> I get in my car, I got an hour drive home. Kathy could tell you, I was like, I was so embarrassed. I'm like, Lord, that is the stupidest idea. <laughs> what was the gold watch thing, Lord? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, you ever, like every time it comes to your mind, you feel shame and embarrassed. And I'm like, I can't even believe I did that. I can't even believe I did that. So two days later, I get a phone call and it's the guy on the phone. He's like, Chris, yeah. And he's a real pessimistic, not a friendly guy in his personality. Uh, we'll be up there in two hours. I said, oh, Okay. So I tell my guys, you know, don't make a mistake. <laughs> he comes up and with the, uh, like four other guys and they come up and they look over our operation and our shops and I take them to the parts store that doesn't have any parts in it and, and lock the door and, you know, and I, I, I'm like, the Lord said, like, take your wash with you. With you. And I'm oh. So we get to the parts store and we look around and, and he, he's looking around, he's, he's asking questions, like really like pessimistic questions, like, well, how are you gonna do that? How are you gonna do that? And I'm like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how we're gonna do that. And, and then he looks at, at the store, which is completely empty, and he goes, and where are this, where's all the shelving? 
You need thousands of dollars worth of shelving. I said, I don't have any of that. Well, how about the counters? You don't even have counters. I said, yeah, I don't have those either. He looks over at me and he goes, I can't even believe I'm doing this. I can't even believe I'm doing this. Okay, I'll give you the parts. I'll give you, I'm, I'll give you all the shelving. I'll give you all the counters. And, uh, and, and, I, and I'm like, here's the watch. <laughs> Three years later, I got the watch back. We paid him off. Do the deeds you did it first. I feel the Lord calling us to radical obedience to faith. Paul said that the fruit, no, he said the goal of my apostleship is the obedience of faith. How many know Paul was a former Pharisee and his former ministry was the obedience to the law? And he's like, I'm gonna ditch that. And now my overarching goal as an apostle, my overarching goal is that people would be obedient to faith. What's that mean? Do what God told you to do. <laughs> Are you with me? And, and I, you know, um, it's so beautiful. We had Kenneth Copeland here. I don't know if you got to see him, experience him. And I, um, you know, I, I was never like a part of the word of faith movement as such, but I listened to him all the time. He had great influence in my life in my early years. And, you know, he was, uh, he, he was you know, he, he taught a lot. And, you know, when somebody is 20 and they're teaching out of the Word of God, how many know if they're teaching accurately the Word of God, it's inspiring? Like, you get something from it, and it, the, a child could teach us the Word of God if it's accurate. But when someone's 86 years old and they become the wealthiest minister in America, I think... What you taught me a long time ago, now you have fruit. Now I really listen to you. <laughs> if a wealthy businessman, like if Elon Musk became a, a radical believer and he stood up here and said, I got billions of dollars because I trusted God, we like, amazing, that's beautiful. But when God blesses someone like an Abraham or a Solomon in our day, we're like, well, I don't know what he did. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> and the same people will pray for God to pay off their house. The same people will pray for God. Lord, can you please provide money for my education? And a man tells you, I, God told me, do this, speak this, say that. I did it. And I became the wealthiest man in America who's a preacher. And we're like, well, yeah, but how did you get your money? <laughs> and we let the media tell us, don't follow him because he has fruit. And then we're in this crazy quandary as believers because God says, now when you do stuff for people, do it in secret. And it's like, my, <laughs> my wealth is public record, but my works are secret. And people are like, well, what are you spending all your money on? And he, Kenneth Copeland, is one of the most generous people in the world, helps millions of people and doesn't tell anybody. People are like, well, if you really had money, you'd help the poor. And I, if I'm him, I'm like, I'm sitting here like, I help the poor. <laughs> but the Lord said, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. And I actually believe the Bible, so I have to endure your criticism because I still obey him. <laughs> you, <laughs> Jesus, Matthew chapter 9, verses 28 and 29, Jesus is, it encounters some blind guys. And he says, do you believe that I'm able to heal you? And they say, yes, Lord. And he touches their eyes 
And he says to them, it shall be done according to your faith. It shall be done according to your faith. Now, okay, I get where, I get this, right? Like, we don't want to say to a sick person, well, if you really had faith, you wouldn't be sick. Because we already tried that, and it's not helpful. <laughs> right? Well, the reason why you're in poverty is because you got no faith. And so we, <laughs> so we, 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 like, we want to be really careful that we don't make someone's situation their fault because they don't have faith, right? And yet, over and over in the Bible, Jesus makes statements to his own team. Like nine of them trying to cast a demon out of this kid. Jesus walks down, comes down from the mountain, looks at the kid, casts out the demons, walks away like, oh, that was easy. And they're like, whoa, what? <laughs> we've been hours with this kid. What happened? He goes, well, if you had faith in the mustard seed, you'd say to this mountain, move, and it'd be moved. And they're like, Matthew, I told you that was the problem. <laughs> and he just said to his disciples, the reason you couldn't cast it out is because you didn't have enough faith. And like, we don't want to say that to anybody. And I totally understand. But the church is notorious for reacting to what goes wrong and building a completely different doctrine. A completely different doctrine that's completely unscriptural. So let me ask you a question. <laughs> okay. This is not about you, but it's about your neighbor. <laughs> what if the primary component to our destiny isn't education, skill, experience, or, or capability, or even calling, but instead it's faith? What, what, what if you are, we are spending our lives waiting for the ultimate opportunity, but God is waiting for us to believe what he's already said to us? What if your faith, <laughs> here we go. What if your faith is responsible for your current reality and your daily life unfolds in the visible realm according to the invisible expectations of your own heart? Like, what if the reason why you're right here now is because of the level of your faith, whether it's good or bad? Well, I'm offended. Then you're the person I'm talking to. God has called me in this season to disrupt people told me, you are a disruptor of people. Told me that. We prayed for each other in, in Twinview, and they said, tell somebody what you feel God's telling you to do right now. And so she said, I'm a peacemaker. And I said, I'm a disruptor of people. And she said, I know. <laughs> Listen, if you aren't living beyond your means, you're not living by faith. I know people are like, well, I'm doing that. You should see my credit card. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm living way beyond my means and by faith. I even got a MasterCard just so he'll pay it off. No, no. I'm saying that if you aren't living beyond your means, you are not living by faith because he calls you way beyond your means. Yeah. I'm not talking about getting in debt in the name of God. I'm talking about doing what can't be done I'm talking about living beyond your capability and upon mine. <laughs> Some of you are so quiet. In Mark chapter 11, verse 20, Jesus is passing by in the morning and they see a fig tree which is withered up. And you know, he cursed the fig tree the day before. And Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered. And Jesus answered saying to him, have faith in God. Everybody say this. Have faith, Have faith in, God. in God. 
And then he goes on to say, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Therefore I say to you, all things by which you pray and ask, believe that you receive them and they shall be granted to you. I want to point out that faith, that, that faith is voice activated. In fact, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says that therefore, he says, I believe, therefore I spoke. What I'm getting at is he said, Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, now I know that we're a part of, I don't want to be a part of the blab it and have it movement. No, but I want to be a part of the, I get what God told me and I do what he said and I say what he says. And I'm saying, I, we have an Alexa. Alexa, you know what Alexa is? I know people are like, I don't have one of those because the government's listening to me. I've been trying to get the government to listen to me for years. I, every time I go by that thing and I say, and you shall make disciples of nations. Please listen in to my conversations. You need what I've been saying to my wife and my children. I hope they've been listening. Yeah, they're like, your iPhone is bugged. I'm like, I've been trying to get people to listen forever. But my elect, your Alexa can be hooked up to your house so you can tell the lights to come on. Alexa, turn the lights on. Alexa, turn on, turn on the television. Alexa, bring the heat up to such, like, you can, you can hook your Alexa up to your house so it does stuff. Mine, is, mine isn't hooked up to anything. And I feel like a lot of people's faith isn't hooked up to their voice. The children of Israel <laughs> grumbled in the wilderness. And they got what they grumbled instead of what he said. Then they grumbled over not getting what he said because they grumbled over what he said. But they got what they grumbled. And only two people didn't grumble. Caleb and Joshua. They believed God. They, the, 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 the grumbling team said, you know, when they went in to see the promised land, they said, oh yeah, it's a great land, but it's full of, you know, it's, it's, full, of, it's full of giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our sight and we became grasshoppers in their sight. And John the Baptist came eating grasshoppers and saying, I'm making the crooked places straight and the rough places smooth. And Caleb stood up and said, they will be to us our daily bread. And John said, I'll eat them. And I'm, point <laughs> I'm saying the two guys that said, that said we can take the land, that said it, got the land. 1.5 million people got the prophecy. Only two guys who said, the land is ours. We can take, listen, they have to live to be 80 before they got in because they hung out with the grumblers. Sometimes you have to ditch the people you're with to get in your promised land because all they do is feed you this garbage. <laughs> this is a good word. Faith is released. Come <laughs> on, I'm right about this. Faith is released in speech. And we saw abuses and we ran over here and grumbled about our condition. We go, we don't believe that. Those guys are false prophets. They're false teachers. They're false, they're false people. And yeah, and they're prospering. And we're over here going, I didn't want to go in there anyway. <laughs> Beat those giants. I bet they're going to eat you alive. Yeah. And they went into the promised land and the giants that kept them out they didn't see for 370 years and a kid killed with a rock. Come on. <laughs> I believe God is calling. I have a, I'm on page three. I got 
11 pages. God told me you were to stay here till I finish. <laughs> Listen, you better be scared because if he tells me to do that, I will do that and worry about my job on Monday. I'm gonna do part two my next, my next time I preach. I just wanna say, on a serious note, God has called us to faith. He's called many of us to repentance. If, if that word doesn't hit you, he's not talking to you. If that word offends you, he's talking to you. Like God is calling us to repentance. It, listen, he's calling me to repentance, I will tell you that. He's like, I want you to get back to the deeds you did at first. I said, what deeds? And I'm thinking, well, you know, the nice ones that work well. And he's like, grab your watch. I'm like, Lord, not those kind of deeds. <laughs> those kind of deeds were so stressful. Can we do ones that people celebrate me and you? And he's like, no. So I feel like we're getting back to deeds and I wanna just pray right now that God would give us a spirit of faith. That statement is actually in the scripture, the spirit of faith. And I believe that you are gonna wake up tomorrow morning and you're gonna be like, that crazy guy that leads us, one of our leaders, he's crazy. I think he's right. You know why? Because I am right. You're watching by Bethel TV or YouTube or whatever, you should say, Chris is right. Because <laughs> I am right. You know why? Because I'm saying what Jesus said. And I believe that we are going, we're coming into a season of incredible prosperity. We are going to, listen, we are not just going to build a building by faith, but we're gonna build a building by faith and people are gonna, and the way it's gonna happen in the next year and a half, people are gonna be like, oh, that was, a mar that was miraculous. That was crazy. That, that shouldn't have happened, but it's gonna happen. And it's gonna be a monument. No, it's gonna be a monument to our movement, but it's also gonna house an apostolic center because I'm gonna tell you why. Well, there's lots of reasons why. One of the reasons that come to my mind right now is the Lord is disrupting the nations he is, the tectonic plates are moving and the capital cities of states and nations are changing. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that Reading is going to be like a capital city. I'm not saying they're gonna move the capital here, let me be clear. I mean, in the spirit, it's gonna be like a capital city and there are gonna be generals that come in and out of here strategizing over the kingdom being expanded to the nations. Watch and see. Watch and see. Okay, I have just a few minutes. I'm, I'm supposed to minister to a few people, so I'm gonna do that right now. And um, I, I did this in uh, both services. If you're having night terrors in which you are being choked and you are yelling for help, but you can't speak, would you stand up? And uh, specifically, when I got this word, I saw an Asian girl, possibly Japanese. But if that's happening to you, no matter if you're Asian or whatever, if that's happening to you, I want you to stand right now. If you're on the chat, I want you to stand in your, wherever you're at, in your room, whatever, and chat in, that's me, I'm standing. Would you stand right now? I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm gonna pray for you right now, and I'm gonna break that spirit off you. I, I did that for three years, and the Lord delivered me, and I believe that whatever you got delivered from, you have power over. Listen, there's a whole bunch more people in here. I just know there is. If that's you, you, this, you have this specific symptom. Stand right now. The Lord told me at five o'clock this morning he was gonna deliver people with this symptom. I break that spirit over you and over all the people that are online. 
I break it off of you right now in Jesus' name, and I prophesy to you, the sleep of the righteous is peace. That's the scripture. The sleep of the righteous is peace. Uh, a few nights ago, I woke up uh, at five. The room was spinning. I haven't had that for years and years. I actually cried out to Kathy. I said, Kathy, the room's spinning. She's like, what? She was completely asleep, of course. She woke up. She said, what's going on? I said, the whole room is spinning. She put her hand on me to pray for me. And the Lord said to me, I've been monitoring the situation all night. It's all well. And as she prayed for me, it stopped immediately. And by the way, the Lord's been monitoring your situation. That's why you're here today. And he says, it's all well with you. In Jesus' name, you're done. Is there someone in the room named Ralph? Someone in the room named Ralph. If it's you, would you stand up quickly? We just have a few minutes and I'm trying to stay inside this time. Is there someone named Ralph in the room? I'm sure there might be someone on the chat. I'm doing this in all services. Okay, I'm gonna give this word anyway because of the chat. The Lord says, you're not a doubter, but you're a man of God and you were created to lead the rescue of people from injustice. So Ralph, I prophesy to you right now that you are a man of God, you are on a mission, and that mission of your life is to free people from injustice in Jesus' name. There's another one, this is powerful. Uh, I saw uh, this again this morning. Uh, Someone in the room, I, I think you're in this room actually, you began as a model, but you became a stripper and later a prostitute. Two abortions later, you walked away from it all and you know Jesus well, but you're being plagued with pain and regret and shame. And Jesus is giving me this word right now that he is setting you uh, free and he is restoring your soul. Now, I'm not gonna have you stand up for obvious reasons, but if that's you, if you're on the chat, if you're in the room, I wanna say right now, Holy Spirit told me, tell her I'm restoring her soul today. Today. This stops today. I'm restoring her soul today in Jesus' name. And I just speak that to you right now. Psalm 23 will be your portion that even when you walk through the valley, the Lord will be with you. You're gonna sit at a table with your former enemies, pimps and prostitutes, and you're gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna lead many of them to Christ. And I saw a whole movement, like a Lonnie Frisbee kind of movement, flowing out of your life. And I bless you with that in Jesus' name. And I'll just do one, uh, one more. Is there someone in here named Harley? Someone in here named Harley? Does somebody know somebody in here named Harley, like you're related to them? Would you stand? There's a whole bunch of people. Would you stand if you have a, someone named Harley that you know well? Stand up, please. Didn't you raise your hand too? Yes, okay. I want you to give them this word. Um, Harley has, God has given a special, God has given Harley a special assignment. And that assignment is to stand up and share his testimony. And I believe that there is a great revival coming from Harley. And I, I, and I know there's uh, three or four people in here, and I'm sure there's a couple on the chat named Harley, but I believe this name Harley is some, opening up something in the spirit. And I bless this, this person, and I pray right now that they would have disruptive faith, that they would have disruptive faith for the people that they, that they live with and the people they live in. I saw a bunch of guys living together, like seven or eight or nine of them, and I see Harley like standing up and saying, I'm a Christian. And they're like, what? And I'm a Christian, and I want you to know the love of Jesus. And I feel like Harley is beginning a disruptive ministry of bringing people to Christ in a very uh, um, uh, unreached people group in America. And I bless that in him in Jesus' name. And uh, right, right here, uh, not you, but the guy behind you. Yes, you're to the left. You, you're looking back. Would you stand, please? No, not you, the person next to you. Sorry, yes. Um, what's your name? Don, um, Don, you're a, you're, a, uh, you're a man of courage. And uh, God, uh, I, I, I wanna say 
to you that God's um, judgment on you is so much stricter because his call on you is so much higher than most people. And that you can't look around and you, know, you see a bunch of people able to do what when you try to do it, you can't do it. And you're like, how come I feel convicted and they don't feel convicted? And the Lord's like, you keep your eyes on me because I've called you to, to, to whom much is given, much is required. And to teachers, there's a stricter judgment. And so you live at a, a, on a higher level of uh, nobility because you have a higher calling than some people that you hang with. And the Lord says, I'm gonna open the doors to this, uh, this calling in your life in, in, in about 17 months. It's, you're, you're gonna take you from virtually unknown to well-known. And the Lord's like, I'm gonna be with you through it all. You're gonna touch people that you uh, admired before and they're gonna admire you. And there's this whole promotion coming from the Lord. And, and, and the Lord's gonna, uh, and I want you to go like write this on your mirror. Remember your humble beginnings. No, you don't need it today, but you'll need it five years from now. Remember your humble beginnings. So I bless you in that in Jesus' name. Um, if you're in the room and you don't know the Lord, or maybe you've fallen away and you're here today, or you're on the chat, same situation, you don't know the Lord, or you're just falling away and you end up with us today, I just wanna release a word of faith of you for you, would you stand please right now if that's you? You don't know the Lord or you've fallen away and you're back here today. I feel like I have a word for you. If you'll stand, I'll give it to you. Thank you, please stay standing. Can we just give him some love right there? I wanna say the things that tried to deter you even from coming here today are actually gonna be something that brings strength to you. Like the people who were against you are gonna be for you. Even your brothers, like, I don't know if you know the story of Joseph in the Old Testament, but his brothers tried to kill him, then they sold him into slavery, and yet he blessed them. And you're gonna bless people who persecute you. You're gonna, you're gonna love people who didn't love you. And, the, and ultimately, his brothers came back and he blessed his brothers and his brothers blessed him. And I, I believe that the people who persecuted you and that, that tried to keep you back, tried to harm you, that did harm you, you're gonna forgive them and it's gonna create an ecosystem in which they're gonna come back and they're gonna ask your forgiveness, you're gonna bless them and it's gonna create a deep connection in the spirit. And the Lord is using this day as a day of new beginnings for you. And uh, when we get uh, going in just a minute, if you just come up to the front, I have a couple of people that wanna pray for you. And if I could have some folks just join them. And uh, they're just gonna pray for you. It won't take very long. Thank you for your courage. So cool. We have someone join her. And if you're online, I just bless you too. I pray in Jesus' name that you would just confess his name and follow him with your whole life. There'll be some folks that join you on the chat too. You can just say, hey, I'm receiving Jesus or I'm getting back to Jesus and they'll gladly join you. Father, I just bless this congregation and I pray, God, that you would take us from faith to faith, from glory to glory. For those of us that need to get back to doing the good deeds that we did at first, that love looks like something kind of deeds. Lord, I pray that you would give us courage and wisdom to actually recover what was lost so that we can go to places we've never gone. Amen. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.